Hello, my fellow project managers. Welcome to our episode for today on project leadership. Today, I'm going to let you into an interview in a fly on the wall mode so that you're listening in to how I would tackle interview questions for a project manager. So hit the pause button if you need to think about the questions and try answering them yourself first. See how your answer differs from mine and see where there are points that we may have similar ideas. And this just makes you all the more strong when you're going in for an interview because you have your perspective for how you would answer the question and you also have my perspective. So without much ado, let's get into this simulation. Let's learn and let's beef up our knowledge and our prowess for the interview. Good morning, Phil. Thanks for coming in today. Good morning, Rachel. It's a pleasure to be here. So, Phil, we will be starting off with our firm's standard 20 questions that every project manager or PMP certified candidate answers. I will read them out, and you can respond when you are ready, okay? Sounds good, Rachel. 1. Can you tell us about a project you were involved in and how you contributed to its success? Absolutely. I was part of a project team in an aerospace firm that launched an IT service request software tool. It was heavily customized, and my contribution was in coordinating all the project variables as well as communicating between the power users, the software developers, and the customer service team to ensure that the software met all operational needs. Part of the responsibility my boss conferred on me was the last test man, and that meant I went last after all the users had tested the tool to ensure that indeed the tool worked the way it was intended. And a number of times I ended up breaking the tool due to my diligent testing abilities. Very good. Two, how do you prioritize tasks when managing multiple projects simultaneously? Primarily, I uh, use a combination of the Eisenhower matrix to categorize tasks by urgency and importance, and the agile approach to adapt priorities as projects evolve. For example, I think of complexity of the task and the payoff. I think about the risk of not getting the task done and the value to the client. And I use a combination of all of these approaches to ensure that not only am I thinking about value, but I'm also thinking about urgency, importance, complexity, and risk. That's a great example of how you've applied your skills in a real-world situation. Three, describe a challenging project situation you faced and how you resolved it. Once a key team member left mid-project, creating a knowledge gap, and I quickly redistributed their tasks among the team and arranged for additional training to ensure that everyone was up to speed. What I typically do on projects is ensure we have T-shaped skills. In other words, cross-training to ensure that our skills are not only broad, but deep in various specialisms. And it's usually a target of mine to ensure that we scale up our skills so everyone is able to support the other and jump in when there's a gap in the team. Nice. I like how you approach that situation. Four, what project management methodologies are you familiar with and how have you applied them in the past? I'm very familiar with not only the Project Management Body of Knowledge Guide, but also Agile. During my work, I applied Agile principles to ensure that the project was streamlined to the customer's perspective of value, as well as the development process, which improved our project delivery times. 
We ensured that we were delivering at the rate the customer wanted. We ensured we were delivering the right things at the right time. And Agile gives you the option to plan in iterations as opposed to planning everything up front. So not only have I had the opportunity of working in very structured, process-driven environments like aerospace and engineering, I've also had the opportunity of working in dynamic environments like IT, where I worked in IT effectiveness, as I mentioned in the very beginning, in the IT service request tool project. And applying an agile mindset to my projects has just afforded me the opportunity to see both sides of the coin and to effectively carry out both approaches. I see. That's an interesting perspective. Five, how do you handle changes to project scope? And can you provide an example of when you've done this? First and foremost, I ensure that I have an agreed upon system or approach that the stakeholders have bought into as far as managing change requests. When a change request comes in verbally, I ensure that it is documented so that there's a paper trail and an understanding of the implication of the change request. I then work with the team in assessing the impact of the change request. I communicate the potential trade-offs to stakeholders or to a change control board if there is one, and we then decide the way forward, whether to approve, reject, put it on hold or pending, and based on the feedback from the change board, I could go ahead and adjust the plans accordingly. For instance, I once incorporated a client's additional feature request by extending the timeline and reallocating resources after getting stakeholder buy-in. All these are after buy-in from either a change control board, a senior manager, or whoever the project has agreed has the authorization to make these changes. That's something that we've been thinking about a lot. That's a very creative solution. Six. What tools and software are you comfortable using for project management, and why do you prefer them? Great question. I am very comfortable using a smattering of tools depending on the nature of the project. If I'm working on something predictive, I'm very comfortable using everything from Excel to Microsoft Project to Smartsheet. If it's for Agile-type projects, I'm very comfortable using Trillo. I could use Smartsheets as well. I'm also very comfortable with using Jira for more complex projects. And I also love using a manual system, such as a Kanban board, where I have a co-located team. And all of these help me in detailed tracking and reporting. Other times I may combine both tools. Very good. Seven, how do you ensure clear communication among project stakeholders? I regularly schedule updates and I use a RACI chart. And RACI just means Responsible, Accountable, Consult, Inform, which is a matrix of sorts to clarify roles and responsibilities and ensure that everyone knows who needs to be informed and who needs to be consulted on project matters. It also helps the team see who is ultimately accountable for a task or endeavor and who is responsible, in other words, the doer. Nice. Eight. Describe a time when you had to lead a team. What was your approach to team dynamics and motivation? When leading a project team, I focus on clear goal setting. 
in order to approach the topic of team dynamics and motivation, people first of all need to understand what is being entrusted to them. And then beyond that, beyond the clear goal setting, we also as leaders need to recognize individual contributions and maintain open communication to keep the team motivated and cohesive. I like harnessing the power of the team by enabling them to see that none of us is as smart as all of us. And I like enabling them to see the power of synergy. When the team sees that the output is as a result of synergy and not a solo player, then you've got team dynamics in place. You've got a joint motivation, joint inspiration, and I've noticed things just go better. I also try to stay away from solo rewards where you reward one team member and the rest do not get rewarded. Instead, I like the concept of collaboration and joint rewards for the team. That's a very creative solution. I hadn't thought of it that way. Nine, what do you think is the most important skill for a project manager and why? In my mind, the most important skill for project managers is communicating because it's very evident that this is what the project manager spends about 70 to 90% of the time doing. In fact, research has shown that project managers spend 70 to 90% of the time communication. Um, and communication allows for clear direction, expectation setting, and it ensures that everyone is aligned and working towards common goals. 10. How do you assess and manage project risks? To assess and manage project risks, I follow a checklist as a project management professional that I learned earlier on. I first of all have a specific plan for risk. It's called a risk management plan. When the risk management plan has been developed, then we can proceed with the other steps in risk, which will be to identify the potential risks. And when I say potential risks, I mean both threats and opportunities. After identifying the risks, one needs to get into the cause of the risk, identify the cause of the risk, and identify the effect. And I call it the CRE model, the cause, risk, and effect model. After the cause, risk, and effect have been identified, the next step is to qualitatively analyze the risk using, if you will, a high, medium, low approach. We could also use a score where you multiply the probability rating using expert judgment on a scale of one of five. What is the probability and what is the impact? You multiply those two numbers and you're able to prioritize the risks. The next step could be to move into some sort of quantitative analysis if management demands it. But if management doesn't demand that, then my next step would be to plan risk responses. Are we going to avoid, transfer, escalate, accept, or mitigate? For the positive risks, are we going to escalate them? Or are we going to exploit them? Are we going to enhance them? Are we going to share them? Are we going to just accept them? And once all of that has been decided upon, it is cataloged in a risk register. We ensure that there is a risk owner to own the actions that we've identified that we will take for those risks that we're going to mitigate or we're going to do something else proactively. And then the next step will be to actually carry out those actions. And finally, to track the risks all throughout the project, having periodic reviews 
looking for additional risks that we might have been blindsided on or risks that have emerged. And it's a constant step-by-step process all the way through the project. It doesn't end. We also ensure that if there are contingency reserves that we've identified, we update our budgets, we update our schedules and ensure that those contingency plans or alternate resource allocations are inherent in the ultimate project management plan. I'm impressed with your knowledge of this topic. You're clearly passionate about this project. 11. Can you describe your experience with budget management for projects? Coming from a very process-driven world, I tend to manage project budgets using a structured approach to plan at the lowest level possible, at the task level, roll those up into a work package level, and roll those work packages up into a final total cost. And that total cost, that budget, I ensure that there are contingencies built in. I am also very earned value aware. So I track my budget from an earned value perspective, ensuring that for the money spent, we're getting that same value. So I use earned value forecasting tools. I also adjust activities where necessary to avoid overruns. And I ensure that I am in constant communication with any board, project board, portfolio board, to ensure that we're tracking costs and we have the same transparent view of what is happening to the budget. I agree with you completely. I'm curious to learn more about your experience with that. 12. What is your approach to documenting and maintaining project information? I document all project details in a central repository, like a shared drive. I like keeping everything in the same place. On some projects, I have used Excel to do this. But on projects where there's a more robust budget or there's a capability of doing this in SharePoint or somewhere else, I like keeping my records updated almost in real time to ensure information accuracy and accessibility. When I work with an Agile team, I encourage them to make updates to whatever documentation they need to as often as possible, but it's definitely something I keep my eye on. That's a very strong point. 13. How do you handle missed deadlines or project deliverables falling behind schedule? I analyze the cause. I communicate with stakeholders about potential impacts and I adjust the project schedule by reprioritizing tasks or securing additional resources as needed. I realized that the problem about missed deadlines didn't start the day before the deadline. It started weeks before. So I'm always keeping my eye on the schedule. I'm always ensuring that I tweak the schedule as needed with the input of the team. I also use the concept of a what-if scenario analysis so that I can preempt lateness or going off schedule. And when I'm able to preempt that, I take action before things go off. You're clearly a team player. That's an important quality in any project manager. 14. Describe your experience with agile project management. How do you handle the sprint planning and retrospective meetings? In my previous role, I facilitated sprint planning by ensuring the team understood the backlog priorities. But most importantly, I ensured that there was a product owner, the product owner, available to answer any questions. Because in the world of Scrum and Agile, my role as a facilitator was more of ensuring that the team had what they needed to succeed. And that was 
the product owner input. Uh, during retrospectives, I had more of a leading role here. And in the early stages, I guided discussions to focus on continuous improvement, to look for things that we could improve immediately and things that we could improve on over the long haul, starting from the next sprint and onwards like that. But I ensured that there was team contribution. I also coached, trained, and mentored my team members to be able to stand in and lead some of these events, such as the retrospective. So even though I was available, I wanted to see more of a team building, team synergy, where everyone has an opportunity to grow and everyone experiences what it means to facilitate. That's inspiring. 15. How do you ensure the quality of the project deliverables? I ensure the quality of project deliverables by working with a team, working with the product owner, working with the sponsor to ensure and establish very clear quality criteria, deliverable acceptance criteria up front by not only uh, conducting regular reviews, but also implementing a thorough testing process before final delivery. Even on predictive projects that are very process heavy, I tend to rely on regular reviews periodically, even if we may not be working in iterations, if we're working in phases, I still ensure that I am touching base with our key stakeholders. We're having as many reviews as possible, and in the world of predictive project management, we just call that validating scope. So I make sure that the validate scope process doesn't just happen once in the project, but it happens all throughout as part of our mindset, part of our philosophy as a project team. Okay. 16. What strategies do you use to manage and resolve conflicts within a project team? To resolve conflict, I am mindful of the many different approaches. But when it comes to facilitating, managing, and resolving conflict within a team, I first of all rely on having a good understanding of team conflict management. So it's beyond just what one individual does, but instead everyone is on the same page by understanding what the team charter says or what the social contract or team agreement says. Once we put a solid team agreement in place, everyone knows that there are certain things that are not to be tolerated on the team, such as allowing conflict to fester. So my approach is I address conflicts directly by adhering to the team agreement that everyone would have had the chance to read and agree on. I work on facilitating discussions to understand different perspectives. There's my perspective, there's your perspective, but there's the person outside of the entire box. And that's where I come in to have a totally different perspective from those involved. And I try to see things from a third party point of view. I don't take sides and I work towards a collaborative resolution, understanding that we're all working together for the betterment of the team. I approach conflict with a mindset that everyone is doing the best with what they have. So I don't come in judgmental. I come in in a more collaborative way. In my mind, I'm thinking of customer collaboration over contract negotiation or team collaboration. So even though we have a team contract and a social contract, it still boils down to everyone getting along and collaborating to move ahead. 
you're clearly a team player. That's an important quality in any project manager. 17. How do you stay updated with the latest trends and practices in project management? To stay ahead with the latest trends, I am glued to industry publications and social media channels of thought leaders in the world of project management and leadership. I participate in PM forums. I am in LinkedIn groups. I attend webinars and workshops to stay current on project management trends. And I am always researching. Not only am I researching, I'm always writing on what I learned so that I can share with others. And I have a mindset of being a river um, so that information and knowledge can flow through me to team members and other professionals in my field. I'm confident that you would be a great asset to our team. 18. Can you walk us through how you would kick off a new project? When setting off into a new project, I start with a kickoff meeting to reiterate the vision, which is very important for the team to set project goals and define roles to establish communication protocols. Uh, definitely ensure that there is a project charter even before getting into that kickoff meeting. Also, working with a team to create an initial project management plan of sorts, taking the information from the project charter and expanding on it enough for team members to understand the direction of the project. If it's a small project, then the kickoff meeting will not be as prolonged. But if it's a large project where people need further understanding and clarification, then I could dedicate one to two hours for some deep conversation about the vision of the project, uh, key players in the project, and it's also an opportunity for the stakeholders to know each other. Once the kickoff meeting has been effectively held, the next step will be to frequently meet with a team on agile projects. This could be a daily thing in a daily scrum. On a predictive project, this could be more frequent, like two to three times a week as the situation allows, but definitely not just once a week on some projects, because in that way you would lose stakeholder engagement. So as much as possible, I want not only my team engaged, but I also want my stakeholders engaged. I'm impressed with your ability to think on your feet. 19. In your opinion, what is the role of a junior project manager in relation to senior management and project team members? Very good question. Well, a junior project manager, in my mind, supports senior management by ensuring project alignment with company goals, and they facilitate the project's day-to-day -day operations to keep the project on track. I see them as being a servant leader for the team. I see them as being one who could carry food and water if needed to help the team. I see them as one who could also help remove roadblocks, one who could begin the culture of shielding the team from interruptions where possible. I know for a junior project manager, some may feel it's a stretch, but you've got to keep them learning right from the get-go. So I would mentor, coach, and train such an individual to begin these roles and responsibilities. I'm impressed with your experience and your passion for this field. You've given me a lot to think about. 20. How do you measure and report on project performance? To measure and report on project performance, I first need to understand what my stakeholders want. But 
once I understand what they want, I could use key performance indicators such as project schedule variance, cost variance, as I alluded to in the beginning. I use unvalue mindedness to work my budgets. When it comes to quality metrics, I could track deliverable quality metrics, defect reports, failure reports, and I would report these regularly to stakeholders through high-level dashboards and status reports, just enough information for them to understand where the project is at and enough information to allow them do their job, which is remove roadblocks and keep sharing the vision and doing things at a more strategic and operational level. So, Phil, I've been through your resume and I'm impressed with your extensive experience in project management. Thank you. I've been fortunate to work on a variety of projects from small-scale startups to large-scale corporate initiatives. That's quite a range. Tell me about some of the challenges you faced in managing these projects. Well, I've certainly had my share of curveballs thrown my way. Uh, One particularly memorable project involved managing a team of developers across multiple continents. There were folks out of Europe, and the time zone was challenging, but we were able to cope with it just by sheer determination and collaboration. Oh, that sounds like it could be quite tricky. How did you handle the time zone differences and cultural barriers? It did take some creative scheduling and a lot of patience reiterating what we said, but we managed to pull it off. And this was for a localization project effort. And the key was to establish clear communication channels and foster a sense of camaraderie among the team members even when they were thousands of miles apart. That's impressive, Phil. It sounds like you have a knack for building strong teams and overcoming obstacles. I've learned that effective communication and adaptability are absolutely essential for success in project management. I couldn't agree more. So, Phil, why are you interested in this particular position with our company? I'm drawn to the company's innovative approach to project management and its commitment to sustainability. I'm also excited about the opportunity to work on a diverse range of projects that make a real impact on the world. Tell me more about your interest in sustainability. I believe that businesses have a responsibility to operate in a way that protects the environment and promotes social responsibility. I'm very passionate about this, and I am particularly interested in incorporating sustainable practices into project planning and execution. As you probably read from my resume, I have a background in civil engineering and construction, so I'm very passionate about how the environment is treated. Sustainability is certainly a priority for our company. We're always looking for ways to reduce our environmental impact and make a positive contribution to society. Well, I'm eager to join a team that shares my values and is committed to making a difference. We're excited to have you here, Phil. I think you'd be a great addition to our team. Thank you, Rachel. I'm looking forward to the opportunity to contribute to your company's success. We appreciate you taking the time to interview with us. We were very impressed with your qualifications. We'll be in contact with you shortly to let you know our decision.